0: destroyed because of poor storage and transportation facilities. Frank Setopani, CBS News.
1: Are you eating ice cream right now? If not, why not?
0: Everyone knows. Come in.
2: Welcome. I'm Tommy Grant. I have a confession to make, which I admit is not the way to raise the curtain on a mystery theater presentation, where confessions are usually reserved for the end. All my life, I have been intrigued with the Empress Josephine, not only because she manipulated Napoleon, but because of her addiction to reading the cards. I also love the way she dressed. It is said she actually directed her life according to what the playing cards foretold. So it's with a special interest and delight that I not only get to introduce today's three acts, but to play the part of Josephine myself.
3: Empress, may I join you?
2: I am counting a card for every year of my marriage. Star. Hmm. Sun. Ten. Eleven. Twelve. I am up to twelve, dear.
3: Josephine, you have been married for thirteen years.
2: Thirteen. I don't think 13 is my lucky number. I don't dare turn over the last card. Oh,
3: my dear girl, what could the cards tell you?
2: That Napoleon and I, I'd rather not know. I want a few more hours of not knowing. The end. Our mystery drama, In the Cards, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by G. Frederick Lewis. I shall return shortly with Act 1. Lots of friends are dropping by,
1: summer fun's in store. With picnic time and camping time, it's country time for sure. Before you all get thirsty, here's a trip that should be made. Get the drink that tastes like good old fashioned lemonade. Country time! Country
0: time! down to your store for plenty of Country Time Lemonade Flavor Drinks. Look for the Country Time Coupon in this Sunday's favorite. Tastes like an old-fashioned lemonade. Weekdays from the creators of the young and the restless. It's Capital. Desire and passion set behind the marble curtain of power in Washington, D.C. Then follow the lives of people searching for their place in the sun on Guiding Light. And stay tuned for glamour and laughs as Bert Conby brings you celebrity couples and their hilarious secrets on Tattle Tales. You never know what Tattle Tales will tell. That's Capital, Guiding Light, and Tattle Tales. Weekdays on CBS Television. Check your local listings for the time hello control room do you know what's next yeah it's another bob sellers commercial reply oh man is there any way to get out of it we could write a letter and quit but you better read the intro well here is a bob sellers commercial reply from an interested citizen
3: thank you this reply is to all of the many people who want to know why there is a boat stuck out in front of bob sellers
0: Pontiac on the Grand River at ten mile, nine miles after one mile. The captain of this boat was afloat on the boat at Bob Sellers Pontiac when the Grand River became a road again. This raises the question, Bob Sellers will sell Pontiacs that don't cost very much to everyone, even captains who don't have both oars in the water.
1: (laughs) Ah, did you write that letter? Oh yeah, come on in, we're all gonna sign it. On the Grand River At ten mile
2: It was the last day of the French Revolution. The wife of a Viscount sat in a cell reading the cards. Suddenly she went white. On top lay the card of death. The guillotine fell and with it the head of her husband. Today we might say the cards had nothing to do with it. The lady's husband happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. But in 1794, Josephine believed the cards, always foretold her fate. Josephine, stop looking in the cards. There's nothing there but numbers and pictures. Teresa, that's not true. On this table is the future, the present, and the past. In the old days, when my husband was still alive, he'd say the future lies in your own hands, certainly not in the cards. Don't you understand? I need to be doing something. Make my fingers move. Let my thoughts follow the cards. Otherwise, I couldn't stand waiting in this cell here in the Bastille. So far, we have escaped death. But for how long? See? There it is again. The card of death. Who will be next? You or I? How can you be so calm, Teresa? My dear, it is a tragedy to lose one's husband, as we both have. But we must believe, for us, there's a tomorrow. Every time I shuffle and cut... There it is. The card of death, black and forbidding. Besides, I don't mourn for Alexandre. You know very well when he was in the cell next to ours, that was the closest we have ever been in years. Yes, I mourn for the death of a fine man who had his faults, but not for a husband. He was no husband to me. Cards or no cards, I know we'll be spared. I do believe it. I believe the good Lord will stop this massacre. <clears throat> That day, that night was the end of the revolution. Robespierre was dead. The doors were thrown wide and in the days we wandered through the blood-soaked garden into the streets to freedom. A year later, I was living in Paris with Theresa Tanya, and we remembered. Was it really a year ago today? Theresa, I have a confession to make. Do you remember how you made me kneel and pray? Even as I was praying... I kept one hand of my cards in my pocket. Oh, Josephine. You thought if the Lord wouldn't free you, the cards might. And I'm not sure to this day. (laughs) You're a superstitious goose. Now, why aren't you dressed for this evening? My two guests will be here. I'd like you to make yourself presentable. you treat me as if I was 16, and I'm twice that. Yes, I am. But don't tell anyone. Anyway, you're right. I shouldn't criticize your belief in the Savior. And I won't make fun of your faith in the cards. We've plenty of time to philosophize about our escape, but only half an hour to prepare for this evening. A hurry. Oh, and Josephine, I have been through your closet and removed all the black dresses and all the black veils. A year of mourning for your late husband is enough. I've left three pretty bright silk dresses on your bed to choose from.
3: Ah, Teresa. I only make this mistake when I'm invited to your house. <laughs> I arrived too early.
2: Pierre, it's all right. I was dressed. Josephine will join us when she's ready. I have my fingers crossed for this evening. Ah, uh, how so? We can speak as old friends, you and I. We are both of that certain age when one can talk of anything. Oh, I love gossip. <laughs> Go on. And I love Josephine. She has been living here for a year, and she's not getting any younger, but I simply cannot find a man who interests her. I have invited every personable, single man, every army man, and every diplomat. When the evening is over and I say to her, Josephine, what did you think of so-and-so? Do you know what she says? What do I say, Teresa? Oh, uh, Josephine, have you been listening to our conversation? Of course. How else am I going to find out what you think? Good evening, Pierre. Ah, my dear. Oh, I'm glad you've given up wearing those gloomy clothes. Now, you
3: see, Josephine, what did I tell you? Teresa, when the right man arrives,
2: Josephine will know it. What do they say? Once bitten, twice shy? My first marriage to Alexandra was a disaster. So now I'm being a little more careful. That's why, after an evening with a gentleman, I can my cards. It is they who tell me this man is a fool, that man is a knave, the third a charlatan, and so on. There is such a thing as being too particular. The man with no faults hasn't been born. And remember, you're not sixteen. When I was, an old negress at home in Martinique looked in the cards and told me I will be Queen of France. Oh, really? Didn't she? But, she said, you must always listen to the cards. When I met Alexandra, I paid no attention to the cards. I wanted to leave our little island. I wanted to live in Paris. So now you trust the guards. More than I trust myself. It's hopeless. I don't know why I bother. Because, dearest Teresa, you cannot abide this here woman without a man. Who have you invited this evening beside this flattering old painter? <laughs> Someday, my child, I will paint your
3: soul, and you will no longer make fun of my age.
2: I have invited a general. His name is Bonaparte. Oh, Lord! Another army man. They're all so exceptionally dark.
3: I sincerely hope to be the exception. Madame oh. Tallien, good of you to invite me to your soiree.
2: A uh, General Bonaparte. I am
3: overcome with confusion. Please don't be, Madame. The lady is quite right. We, who live by the sword, have forgotten how cutting the tongue can be.
1: I
2: like that. That was well said. A uh, General Bonaparte. The Vicomtesse Alexandra Borney.
3: A pleasure.
2: And may I introduce Monsieur Pierre Proudhon?
3: An honor. I have seen your painting of Madame Tallien, and also that of Madame marie They are as beautiful as the ladies themselves.
2: I take it all back. The general has the gift of words.
3: And, Monsieur Proudhon, if I ever marry, I shall most certainly hope to commission you to paint the portrait of my wife. Eh
2: bien, Josephine? Eh bien, what? You spent practically the whole evening talking to the general. Now I find you in your room dealing out the cards. What do they say? So far, nothing against him. We're very alike, you know. He and I. In a way, I was born on an island and so is he. Corsica. Well, that's a beginning. What else do you have in common? That's all so far. But who knows? Napoleon. Now, isn't that a terrible first name? Napoleon. I like it. It's unusual. He's a strange man, absolutely impels you with his eyes. Did he talk about himself? Not much. I'm afraid I did most of the talking. I must have said some very amusing things. He laughed quite a lot at what I was saying. He'd be an excellent catch. He is handsome. Not as tall as I'd like a man, but I'd say commanding. That is the exact word for him. He has just been named Commander-in-Chief of the Army now. What do the cards say? Whatever it is, I'm too tired to understand. I had a lovely time this evening today, sir, and I do thank you. If I can in any way assist you to fulfill the prophecy that you will become the Queen of France, my dear, I couldn't be happier. Your Bonaparte would need several promotions before he became king, don't you think? (laughs) Jersey, go to bed. Argue with your dreams. That night I did dream. There was Napoleon Bonaparte. We were being married. For some reason, I was crying. When I awoke in the morning and reached down for my slippers, there was the king of hearts on the floor, face up. I knew it was true. It was a sign.
3: My darling Joséphine, you are going to be the first lady of France to spend her honeymoon on the battlefield.
2: I am? Hmm. Why am I?
3: I have kept a secret from you, my sweetheart, because I did not wish to give you any excuse for delaying our marriage. But now that I have carried you over the threshold and you are mine, how does the idea of a honeymoon in the midst of battle strike you?
0: Strike
2: is the word. I haven't even taken off my wedding there, and a honeymoon on what battlefield? Where? Italy. What would I do in Italy?
3: You would be with me. We
2: leave in two days. I can't leave Paris in two days. Husband, be reasonable. Give me time to think about it. You don't love me. What a thing to say the day of our marriage. Then why don't you wish to be with me as much as I wish to be with you? Don't you think it a little mad that I should follow you and be with you in the midst of fighting? No, I don't. Not at all. Do the other soldiers have their wives with them in battle? No, of course not. Would you approve of it? It's not possible.
3: There are thousands of troops. So? But there is only one general. Myself. I see nothing strange in a newly married commander-in-chief having his bride with him.
2: And suppose these Italians you are fighting should fight back? Oh, they will. And a bullet or a cannonball should hit me.
3: Ah. that's possible.
2: And if you put me so far away as to be out of danger... I might as well be comfortable here in Paris.
3: I hadn't thought of that.
2: Then think of it, my darling little Corsican. And help me off with my dress. It's about time you stopped talking and behaved as married people are expected to behave. Josephine had the answers before one could even put the questions to her. Napoleon was not just a good catch, a young general who would go far, but he was an ardent lover, a serious, and demanding man. Rapidly becoming a little too much for the cool, offhand, unserious, and superstitious Josephine. I shall return shortly with Act Two.
0: For summer work or summer fun, True Value Hardware Store's all-new Summer Value Day Circular is packed with hundreds of sensibly priced items. Hi, Pat Summerall to suggest you enjoy the cooling breeze of the Galaxy 9-inch Oscillating Fan now just sixteen ninety-nine. Then protect and beautify wood siding, fences, and more with TrueTest Select Latex Redwood Stain, now just 3.98 dollars a gallon. Find these values and many more in the Summer Value Day Circular and at participating True Value hardware stores and home centers.
2: Mom, where have you been? Oh, sitting in a traffic jam for an hour. Oh, and oh. from the way you're bent over, you've got a nagging backache, right? Right. Here, let me help you into the house. Then I'll go get some Doan's pills. Oh, thanks, dear.
3: Good advice. Doan's pills for temporary relief of simple backache pain due to overexertion, stress, or strain. Use only as directed.
2: You're walking around pretty spry tonight, Mom.
0: <laughs> well, that's nothing to be surprised about. I took Dones pills, remember? Announcing the opening of a new eyeglass factory in Farmington Hills. The eyeglass factory where you have a selection of almost 2,000 different eyeglass frames in stock with savings of 30 to 50 percent below what you normally pay at optometric centers. In addition to those savings, extra discounts for senior citizens, eye examinations at only $18, a complete repair service department, and the acceptance of all major vision insurance plans. In addition, if you're looking for regular or soft contact lenses, they have those, too, at comparable savings. The eyeglass factory of Oak Park is on Coolidge, just south of 9 Mile Road, phone 542-2200. The eyeglass factory of Redford on Plymouth Road, halfway between Beach Daily and Inkster, phone 937-1340. And now the new eyeglass factory at 28 851 Orchard Lake Road, between 12 and 13 Mile Roads. Call 553-3820. Now, three places to save at the eyeglass factory.
2: What Josephine Bonaparte wanted most in the world was to be acknowledged the most fascinating and adorable creature of Paris. France, that had revolted against royalty, now took society to its bosom. The tease. The fancy dress balls, the elegant clothes. That, to Josephine, was life. And this silly man, this Bonaparte, whom she had unthinkingly married, he was getting to be a nuisance. Teresa, this is ridiculous. Every day he writes me from his tent in Italy. I answer him as often as I can, and still he complains. If I write him I'm I'm trying to be gay to forget how much I miss him, he won't have that. If I tell him I'm sad, he doesn't like that either. Josie, you are married to power, a willful and strong man. Listen to this. When I imagine you are sad, my heart is torn. When I think of you as gay and amusing yourself, I reproach you for having no profound emotion, for having forgotten our painful separation so soon. Josie, you don't know how lucky you are. When my dear Jean was alive, he never wrote to me. Teresa, a general or not... The conquest of Italy or not. I must make Napoleon realize that I'm not a slave and that we are equal. What are you talking about? And equality begins with friendship. My next letter will be warm but friendly. Instead of addressing him with a familiar tu I shall write vous. Just a wee bit more formal. I think you will get the drift of it. I hope you're right. His love letters are strangling me. I wouldn't push him too far. I'm not pushing. We hardly know one another. Courtship is not a marriage. And I can tell you this, Teresa. The sooner a man knows his place in a woman's life, the happier they will both be.
3: Joseph. Joseph, come here. Yes, brother. What is this woman doing to me? Four days with no word and finally, finally, this letter. And do you know how she addresses me? I have no idea. Who? Who? The way I would write to a politician or the army supply sergeant. Who? She says. I've just read this. I'm ashamed to show it to you. It's a letter as cold as friendship. Uh, Napoleon, you are capricious. Uh, Yes, yes you are. You've been saying that Josephine's letters oppressed you. Or they were too giddy, or they were too sad, or too happy. And you wished something colder. But not this cold. This gives me the icy chill of death. We were married so quickly, that's the trouble. I had no time but to fall head over heels in love with the woman. And then I had to leave her 48 hours later. Well, when the Italian campaign is over, you'll be back in Paris for as long as you like. Who knows how long the Italians care to go on fighting. It could be months. It could be years. She makes it so difficult for me, Joseph. You have no idea. How can I concentrate on battle formations with that woman on my mind? You'd give up now. Leave Italy? I have no such intention. But she is putting me through torture. Ah, you are doing that to yourself. Life was so simple before I met her. Why doesn't she say what I want her
2: to say in
3: her letters?
2: Because I couldn't. I hated to write letters. He wants an answer to every letter he writes. He oppresses me. Suddenly the fun is taken out of my life. I feel him standing there behind me, breathing down my back. And one card kept coming up every time I shuffled the deck. Justice. Yes, justice. Josie, it's not that bad. If you want your own life and you don't happen to feel affectionate, write to him affectionately anyway. He's there. He's always there. Like a gendarme who comes knocking at your door in the dead of night saying, What are you doing? All I want from Napoleon is justice. Justice? Ah, Josie, you've been consulting the cards again. Why not? When have they failed me? Oh, We're going to the theater tonight. They're doing Moliere. Thank goodness. Two big fat letters on my desk waiting to be answered. He's won six victories in two weeks. What have I been doing? At least I can tell him that I've gone to the theater to see something cultural. He might say Moliere is frivolous. Let him. I'll say I went to improve my mind. Will you look at the audience? I am. I am. They're all looking up here. I don't Isn't it lovely? I adore them. No, leave all day. of the the be That's <laughs> me. Josephine, will you please stop bowing to them? They'll never stop applauding you. I'm not going to disappoint my audience. Please move back to the rear of the box where you can't be seen. They simply won't go back to their seats and let the play begin. Mom! We're just going to have to leave. That's all. Leave the table? The play hasn't begun yet. You see, they signal to begin the play, but the audience doesn't wish it. They want me. Mesdames, Messieurs, Ladies and Gentlemen,
3: I have an announcement to make. We have just received word the brother of General Bonaparte, our also beloved Joseph Bonaparte, has arrived in Paris with 22 flags. Captured in the Italian campaign!
2: Well, I'm there. Twenty two flags may go berserk. What about me? I'm here in person, right up here in the box. Fraser, I don't wish to see Moliere in the company of such an ignorant audience. Let's go home.
3: My name Bonaparte. Why we were never introduced before this, I can't imagine. However, I am here now. Napoleon charged me with delivering the captured flags to the directorate and to urge you to come to Italy.
2: To come to Italy now? Uh,
3: Madame, preferably yesterday or the day before. He realizes it's a long trip, and he wishes you to take it in easy stages.
2: Joseph, I can't.
3: You're saying, I won't, but my brother will not accept I won't for an answer. He is a very jealous man, and your letters have not pleased him. So he had decided, you must come to Italy. So don't say, I can't.
2: It's true. Joseph, you don't know me very well. In fact, you don't know me at all. When I say to you I cannot travel to Italy at this time, that is exactly what I mean. The doctors won't permit it you are ill? I wouldn't say ill, but I'm in poor health.
3: Well, I am very sorry to hear that. My brother had no
2: idea. I haven't written him yet. The doctors have only just confirmed it.
3: Oh, have they said what was wrong?
2: Without being indelicate, I can say I am subject to certain discomforts. Come in, Theresa. You know Joseph Bonaparte? Uh, yes, we have met, but it was long ago. Oh,
3: as I think I remember your dear husband, Madame Tallien.
2: I was just telling Joseph about my condition. You were? Why, it is impossible for me to join Napoleon in Italy. Oh, don't let me interrupt
3: you. Uh, you were telling me of the doctor's opinions?
2: I don't want to make much of it. After all, it happens to all married women at one time or another... I suffer from a certain nausea, which I understand all women suffer from at the beginning of a pregnancy.
3: Oh, of course, yes, I I understand. When I return, I shall be delighted to give Napoleon the news. You will have made him supremely happy. Well... Ladies, if you will forgive me, I must go. Uh, Tomorrow, when I leave Paris, I shall stop by Madame Bonaparte to take from you any special word or letters for the General. Good day. It was a pleasure, indeed a pleasure.
2: Josie, that is a wicked, wicked lie, isn't it? You're not pregnant, are you? What else could I say when he said Napoleon wouldn't take no for an answer?
3: I am in my tent tonight, writing to you. Joseph will have arrived in Paris today. I have asked him to tell you to make the trip by easy stages. Lodgings await you in Montgarty. From there you will go to Nice and Genoa. I await you, my love. I will forgive you all the letters you did not write to me when you arrived. Adieu, Joséphine. You are, for me, a monster I cannot understand. I love you more each day.
2: So you are going back to Italy today, Joseph?
3: Without you, unfortunately.
2: What must be, must be.
3: Oh, I uh, forgot to mention, I was to tell you to bring your personal maid, your cook, and your coachman... Napoleon has a beautiful coach for you.
2: How thoughtful.
3: I shall tell him you are with child.
2: His child. Uh,
3: May I say to you if something were to go amiss and you were not with child, he would be extremely disappointed.
2: So would I.
3: Are you sure you won't reconsider? He loves you very much. And he needs you with him.
2: I wish I could go, Joseph. But I must think of the baby. Weeks passed. months. April became May, and May turned into June. It was spring in Paris. Then early summer. There were so many things to do. Activities I knew Napoleon wouldn't approve of. So I wrote him less and less. He began to be suspicious. As i really pregnant, I kept up the fiction as long as I could. It's so dark in your house today, mm-hmm. Let's light some candles. Why is there no light? Josie, it's four o'clock in the morning. Oh. servants have better sense than to let candles burn on night. <laughs> Where are the matches? We don't use matches, my dear. They're not safe. Oh, I've run into the table, I think. In the middle of the table are some sulfur splints. You can light the candles with those. Didn't I look beautiful in the reception line with that crown of flowers? <laughs> Everyone said I looked beautiful. It was a long evening. I love the way everyone kept offering to toast me in wine. Long live our Lady of the Victories. I found the splint. You really danced your feet off. It's a good thing no one asked you about your pregnancy. People are polite enough not to ask. There's a candle, number one. Oh. Oh! There's a man sitting in the armchair. Josie, light the other candle.
3: Good evening, Josephine.
2: Oh! It's Joseph. Joseph Bonaparte. You gave me such a fright.
3: (laughs) Tell me, uh, how goes your pregnancy?
2: What? Let me sit down. I feel faint. Theresa, may I have some wine? Have you been waiting here long, Joseph?
3: Well, I arrived in Paris this morning. I heard there was to be a reception at the Luxembourg Palace, so I went there this evening. I saw our little mother prancing about, doing the gavotte. Very lively for four months pregnant.
2: Teresa, please, some wine. There isn't any, and it's too late to wait the servants.
3: So I came directly here to Teresa's to wait for you. I'm
2: very tired. We'll talk in the morning.
3: Uh, don't you wish to inquire after your husband? Of
2: course. Please forgive me. But finding you here like this, so unexpected, I'm not myself.
3: What would you like me to tell you about Napoleon?
2: Nothing, really. Because I know everything. I know which battles he has fought. We correspond a great deal.
3: He writes a great deal.
2: I write him all my doings.
3: In your last letter, you made my brother believe you were in some danger? That you had three doctors constantly at your bedside? That is why he sent me to Paris. He is very worried. But I see no evidence of danger or illness...
2: Joseph, you're not going to tell him that.
3: Well, it wouldn't be news to him if I did. Other people write to him about you. But he gave me a letter and asked that I read it to you. My dear one, you have not written to me. You were too ill to write. The little child was staring so hard within you that uh, he hurt you. Uh, Madame... If you detect a certain irony in those words, you are right. I have decided I shall no longer permit myself to be mocked. You will be in Turin on the 10th, and on the 12th you will be in Milan, where you will wait for me. Uh, Your loving husband, Napoleon.
2: The 10th? That's only days away. Teresa, what will I do? Go to him. Tell him the truth, everything. Beg his forgiveness. I cannot... He doesn't know me.
3: You don't know him, Josephine. My brother told me he will resign his commission and come straight to Paris to be with you. If you don't leave for Italy immediately, Napoleon will be here before the end of the week.
2: Josephine wept with despair, but managed to attend a farewell party the following day. Then, with a the dog, a person who made, and Joseph Bonaparte, she set forth by coach for Italy, and her husband she couldn't fool any longer. I shall return shortly with act three. Lots of friends are dropping by, summer fun's in store. We pick a time and camping
1: time, it's country time for sure. Before you all get thirsty, here's a tip that should be made. Get the drink that tastes like good old-fashioned lemonade. country time! A-
0: Get down to your store for plenty of Country Time Lemonade Flavor Drinks. Look for the Country Time coupon in this Sunday's favorite.
1: Mm-hmm. Tastes
3: For over three quarters of a century, Buick has enjoyed a reputation for having fine, luxurious cars. We're very proud of that. It's a reputation that grows every year. 1982 was no exception. There was the introduction of the new century and the small Buick Skyhawk. And while each Buick lives up to the name, there are refinements and improvements on everything from the full-size Electra down the line. You see, the Buick reputation isn't just something we ride on. It's
2: something we build on.
0: Today we're talking to the official bullhorn operator for the recent Detroit Grand Prix. Hello. What exactly was your job at the Grand Prix? Well, I got to shout important things to the drivers like gentlemen, start your engine. Or Hey Stop, it. your car's on fire. Uh-huh. Well, now that the Grand Prix is over, what will you do? I'm using my bullhorn to tell everyone about Harmony House's big Motor City tune-up sale. Now through the 30th, Harmony House is waving the checkered flag on their entire stock of 6.94, 7.94, and 8.94 albums. Pick up any one of them for just 5.94. Tapes 6.47. Hey, that's a sale. Yes, and there's comparable savings on higher-priced albums and tapes too. So tune up with the music that makes Detroit see rock and roll capital. Bob Seger, Ted Newton, the Motown sound. Uh, Thank you. It's 6 94, $7. 94, and 8 albums for just 5 at House. Okay, that's enough. Just Please. I'm oh, will you knock it off? Harmony House's big Motor City tune-up sale. Now through June 30th at all 14 Harmony House locations.
2: Who was it who wrote about loving, not wisely, but too well? Byron, Shelley, it was Shakespeare, yes, describing Othello. The soldier who, as I think of it, was not unlike Napoleon. This is no everyday romance, but the love of a man who did more to change the face of Europe than anyone before or since. For a dozen years, Josephine's sweet talk tantalized and infuriated Napoleon, but gave him no son, no heir. For France, 12 years was too long to wait. The unfortunate fact is, Pierre, Josephine is not able to have a child. It is yes, how the wheel turns. I remember
3: many years ago when they were first married, how she used pregnancy as an excuse not to be with him. Oh, is he back from Vienna? I am told so. Ah, well, another victory. <laughs> Complete. over
2: uh, Austria. And Josephine, how is she... I haven't seen her in months. She's in seclusion. Ah, oh, yes. She knows divorce is in the air. But Napoleon must have his line carried on. Well, that's always
3: the trouble with monarchy. When we were a republic, briefly, it didn't matter what family you belonged to. It was the party. But the moment Napoleon crowned himself emperor and Josephine the empress, Bonaparte had to be next on the throne.
2: So, you haven't seen her? I feel guilty about that. I'm told she spends more and more time consulting her cards, trying to see into the future. Ah, so Napoleon has ordered me to
3: paint Josephine. No. Oh, yes, 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 yes. She knows about it. I'm to meet with her at the Malmaison to get started. <laughs> I think he wishes the portrait before he speaks to her. Formally about a divorce.
2: I understand there's a list of 18 marriageable princesses drawn up for consideration as Napoleon's second wife. Oh, really? Maria Louise of Austria and Anna Palova of Russia seem to be in the lead. No, I shouldn't think Marie Louise would
3: want to marry the man who just subjugated her country.
2: Nevertheless, I hear she's the favorite. No. Therese, forgive me. Uh, I
3: used to enjoy gossip, but I just don't anymore. I go tomorrow to
2: Malmaison. Uh, may I bring Josephine your affection? I will write you a note to give her. How sad she must be that her reign as Empress of France was so short. Oh, uh, I don't think that's the tragedy. When
3: they were first married, it was he who adored her. He worshipped her, loved her to distraction. Now, Cupid has turned about and aimed his arrows at Josephine. And it is she who loves him the more.
2: Fool. Juggler. Empress. Emperor. Emperor. Devil. Judgment. Uh, Empress, may I join you? Wheel. Strength. Lovers. Pierre, come in. Thank
3: you.
2: I'm counting a card for every year. Star, moon, sun. I'm up to 12 cards, one for each of my 12 married years, Pierre.
3: Yes, but you've been married for 13
2: What have you heard from my husband? Uh, Victory in Vienna. It's true. Thirteen. But I don't dare turn over the last card, even though, you know, I can almost see through the back of it.
3: Oh, uh, Josephine, what what, what games you play?
2: It's no game. It's a warning of the future. So be it. I am not a coward. I've told a lot of untruths in my day, but I was never a coward. Of these three cards, the first one I will turn over will be either justice, the handman, or death. Oh, then well, what would that mean to you? Death is death. I have seen the card before, and people I've known have died before. Justice, to me, would mean, I suppose, what is just to me, in my eyes that Napoleon will not insist on a divorce. And the third, the hanged man. That could very well be a hanged woman. Josephine, the former Empress of France.
3: Uh, uh, Before you turn anything over, could we agree on something at a time,
2: a place? We certainly can. The painting. I am ready to begin. We will sit by my favorite brook As often as you like. Your Highness, thank you. May I leave? Aren't you going to stay while I turn over the 13th card to see what my 13th year has in store? Yes, I'll stay. The hanged man. Oh, my darling Josephine, how wonderful to see you again. I can't tell you how delighted I was to receive your invitation to Fontainebleau. It was selfish of me, but I'm glad you're here. I saw the portrait Pierre did of you at Malmaison. It's fabulous. I hope Napoleon liked it. You... you haven't seen him then? No. But his handiwork is everywhere, even in this room. But let's not talk about that. Let's talk about the old days. Do you remember when we went to the theater in Paris to see Moliere? And how the audience get up and applauded and cheered. Of course I do. I can see you throwing kisses to them. Long live Our Lady of Victories. Long live citizeness Bonaparte. She didn't live very long, did she? Thirteen years is not a very long life, is it, Teresa? I am so... miserable. Oh, Josephine. Shh. I am disgraced. I am being banished. There is no disgrace. The divorce is only a matter of state. France has an emperor, and the emperor must have a son. I know that. I know what Napoleon wishes to avoid. I know all the good reasons why he must have a son. And Marie-Louise or Anna, whatever her name is, I can never pronounce those Russian names. They are young enough. They can both give him dozens of boys. But just the same. France or no France. My husband... Is punishing me. I can't believe that. Napoleon loved you tremendously and will always love you. Let me show you. Do you see this door? Yes. This door connects my apartment. There's a secret private staircase that connects his apartment to mine. We always used it. But it doesn't connect anything anymore. It's been sealed up. Have you asked why? Did you hear what I said? I said it's been sealed up because he doesn't want to have anything to do with me anymore. Not even to look at me.
3: Napoleon? Yes. Joseph. Staring into space again? When are you going to set the date? Joseph, I haven't even spoken to my wife yet. That comes first. You haven't? But you are back in France for a month. Why do you wait? It isn't an easy task. It's like cutting off an arm. Worse. For this arm has a life of its own. Does putting off the day make it any easier? No, it doesn't. I'm afraid this time her cards are betraying her. She is positive that her presence in my life protects me. That if I divorce her, I might be defeated in battle or even die in exile. This is the age of reason, not superstition. An heir is essential to give France peace and stability. Therefore, Josephine and I, who both love France more than we love each other, must part. Excellent. Tell her that I'm afraid to. She'll be all tears, grief-stricken. I hate scenes. In front of armies and cannon, I stand up. But in front of Josephine, I tremble. You see, my darling wife. Uh, Will you have I, some more coffee? Uh, yes. No. 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 Thank you. No, not now. We must regard this. I have
2: action. so looked forward to the two of us having a little dinner alone, just like the old days. Do you remember the picnics at Malmaison?
3: Of course, I remember them, dearest. I... Josephine, can you. will you please let me say what I must?
2: By all means. I'll be quiet as a mouse.
3: Our divorce, what we are about to do, I regard as a kind of sacrifice. And you. My darling, Josephine...
2: No, don't. Please don't. I can't listen to this. I know it will happen to me. Disgrace. All honors taken away. All my friends. Who will look at me? Who will care about an ex-empress? Oh, but that is not so. You may say what you like, but the cards have told me. In the end, I will have to leave France. But, Josephine,
3: listen to me. You will always be the empress, Josephine. You will have a malmaison for yourself. An entire court for yourself. You will always be held in high regard by all of France. I promise you I shall see to that. That every Frenchman will hold you up as a noble victim to the needs of our country. To whom the greatest honors will always be shown.
2: Who is it to be?
3: What do you mean, who?
2: You know what I mean. Anna, the Russian. Or Marie-Louise, the Austrian. Uh, You won't tell anyone.
3: It's not official, and I know I'll have problems with Vienna. So it
2: is Marie-Louise. That's what I'm advised. I hear she's a big, fat cow. A blonde. No. You used to like them slender and dark-haired.
3: I still do, my darling.
2: Very well. I'll consent. The divorce is yours. I know you'll be generous.
3: You'll consent? You'll consent. Don't act as though you were doing me a favor. The divorce is the emperor's edict, not a favor you are bestowing.
2: I hoped you'd be a gentleman to the end and let me have the last word. I shall.
3: I shall. In two weeks, we'll gather in the throne room at the Tuileries, and we shall both make our private decision public.
2: With the permission of my August and dear husband, I declare that having... having... No hope of bearing children for the interests of France. I am glad to give him the greatest proof of my attachment and devotion. I... I... I'm sorry. I... I can't read any more of what I wish to say to you.
3: Joseph, pick up the page she dropped and read it. I believe that by consenting to the dissolution of a marriage which deprives France of one day being governed by the descendants raised up by Providence to wipe out the evils of a terrible revolution.
2: Joseph, let me. I don't need to read what I've prepared. I can say it. Straight out. The dissolution of my marriage can never change the feelings of my heart. In me... The emperor will always have his best friend. Thirteen years. It's not very long, is it? But it was my whole lifetime. I know how much this act, demanded by politics, has wounded him. But we, we both glory in the sacrifice we make for the good of the country. I loved him. I did love him but something in me always prevented me from showing my love to him the way he wanted to see it. The following day, the disillusion of our marriage was proclaimed to the Senate. I retired to my beautiful Malmaison, but I was never happy there again. Too many memories. I remember when he was in Italy and wrote to me not to be gay or sad, but he would prefer it if I were melancholy. I didn't know how to be melancholy then. But I do now. Josephine lived to see Napoleon retreat from Moscow. She lived to see him abdicate. She did not live to see his Waterloo. But to the end, she consulted her cards every day. Strange. Because. She found no happiness in what they foretold of the future. Her contentment lay only in remembering the past. I shall return shortly.
1: If you've been putting money aside, you can almost see inflation eroding its buying power. Unless it's earning high interest rates or substantial dividends. And right now, thanks to Dreyfus Liquid Assets, even a small investment can profit from the currently high interest rates with complete cash availability. Think of your Dreyfus Liquid Assets account as an income-earning investment with free checking privileges. Privileges that allow you to pay bills and still earn money till the check's clear. You can even withdraw all or part of your cash by phone. There's never a penalty, never a sales or withdrawal charge. To get all the details, call toll-free 800-228-5000 for a simple, no-jargon information booklet and a prospectus including management fee, charges, and expenses. Find out how Dreyfus Liquid Assets helps you get the lion's share from today's high interest rates. Read the prospectus carefully before you invest. 800-228-5000. No charge for the call. 800-228-5000. Call now.
2: This graceful and extraordinary creature, Josephine, was strong and independent, and her bittersweet love affair with her husband is proof that Disraeli was right when he said, man is not a creature of circumstances. Circumstances are the creatures of men. So can you blame me? Now you know why I just had to portray the fascinating Josephine. And as time goes on, I hope to play for you many more of my favorite characters of history and fiction. Our cast included Terry Keene, Louis Turenne, and Earl Hammond. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown.
0: Have a pencil ready for an offer from the Journal.